Welcome to Afternoon of Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, three American romance novelists discussing all things K-romance from a writer's lens. We fangirl over our favorite actors and actresses, talk up our trope addictions, and nerd out on K-drama deep dives. We'll throw in a few K-pop and K-skincare wrecks for good measure, because why not ride the haul you wave all the way to shore? So grab some duck bokey and listen to your new favorite unease. Good evening, everyone. Hello! So I'm excited we have special guests tonight. Woohoo! I'm very excited too. Um, so I think we'll introduce our first guest, who is a listener, Allison. So Allison, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Hi, I'm Allison. I'm in the Midwest. I'm in Nebraska. And during the pandemic, two of my best friends and I started hanging out every other Saturday just to get through pandemic times and sort of, you know, be there for each other, have dinner, conversation. And last early, just like January 2021, my friend is like, have you seen this show that everybody's talking about crash landing on you? I was like, no, I've never seen it. So I went home and I binged it over (laughs) probably three or four days. And I have not watched anything but K-drama since then. And so my other friend was like, well, if you're going down this K-drama road, you should probably listen to this podcast, Afternoon of Delight. And I was like, okay. So I started listening to you guys and like let you pick my K-dramas because I want to like watch the K-drama and then listen to your podcast. And I just love the conversation and the K-pop recs and the book recs that you guys bring. So Oh, yay. Very well, thank you. We're excited to, to have you. Um, I mean, your experience with Crash Landing on you is similar to ours. Um And yeah, I will add the reason uh, you are a special guest tonight is because you went to the BTS concert that Leah and her daughter also attended. Um, And that's kind of what we're talking about today. Uh, We're taking a little bit of a a little detour from K-dramas to talk about K-pop and kind of like concert experiences in the fandom and things like that. So now... Uh, I want to hand it over to Bronte to tell us a little bit about herself. Hi, my name's Bronte. I'm Leah's daughter. She's my mom. And I really like, this is like my favorite podcast. Whenever I'm bored or something, I always listen to it. And I've been waiting like pretty much since it started to be on. And it's really cool. I like got into K-dramas, um... I just, I got into K-pop first. We were actually in the back of our van, and she was kind of just like, hey, how do, what do you think this sounds? And she played the Stray Kids Backdoor and BTS, I think it was Black Swan, and I, like, really loved it. And then all I would watch was, like, just any clip I could find of K-pop, and then I got, and then I just started really getting into Korea in general, and I started learning Korean and watching K-dramas, and then... She told me about this podcast, and I started listening. Like, <laughs> well, thank you. We know you listen, so we try to keep our language clean. <laughs> yeah, so that's why it's so exciting to <laughs> to have you here uh, today, so we can kind of get more into um, talking about talking about K-pop. And so, thank you, Bronte, for listening to us. I know Leah appreciates it 
too. So I guess we just want to get right into it because we do have a lot to cover because talking about K-pop is a lot of fun. The first question is, what's the first song that got you into K-pop? I think that there were two songs that kind of came onto my radar at around the same time. And the first was um, Dynamite with, you know, from BTS, which was like a fun summery vibe, you know, song that like kind of like took off in, you know, mid 2020 when otherwise life was basically just like a big bowl of suckiness. And then um, I think you introduced me to Backdoor by Straight Kids, which was probably the song like, you know, Bronte gave a nod to that we got into simply because two members of Straight Kids are from Australia, which is where my husband's from and my kids are all citizens. And so we really got into kind of Stray Kids through Backdoor and it was really fun to have, you know, some shared connections with my teenager, uh, you know, because we're always looking for ways to like be cool and connect with our kids (laughs) so anyway that was kind of like yeah where I got into it so and I knew that you were like way more into the rabbit hole than I was um so I would say I was like a dabbler yeah but I was really happy when you joined me and I'm even happier now (laughs) so Allison what about you well I think that I started listening to K-Indie before I started listening to K-Pop because I listened to like all the like ballads and like 10 centimeters when they were on the soundtracks for the K-dramas. And then the first K-Pop song that I sort of fell in love with and would listen to on repeat is So Jealous by Punch. And I don't know how I even found it. I don't remember if it's on uh, OST, um, but that song I would just listen to on repeat as I was like doing notes or like at home. It was just always going. And then I watched the carpool karaoke with BTS. I had known who they were and just kind of was like, oh, yeah, that's music. But after watching Carpool Karaoke, I've only listened to BTS, like their entire like album history. Uh, and what and, about you, Bronte? Yeah, just can't get the enough of them. The first K-pop song that I ever really got into is, I wouldn't say Backdoor, but I, I started listening to Backdoor and I thought, hey, this was pretty good. And then I looked into their other songs and it was actually Astronaut that got me into them. It was one of their first songs and it's like, it's my Stray Kids and like, I really... I don't know, it just has a really upbeat vibe than any of their other songs. Because the other songs I'd listen to, like God's Menu, Ta, and Backdoor, they all have like a very vibe that's like edgy. And then they have Get Cool and like Awkward Silence and Astronaut. I'm like, it's just such a mood change. But Astronaut is the first song I think that really got You know me. what? I haven't heard that song. So now I just wrote it down. Because I know what you mean. Some of Stray Kids can be... And I wouldn't even call them dark. I think edgy is the right word for it. And um, sometimes I like songs, yeah, that are a little bit more upbeat or have like a fun vibe. So I'll have to check that out. You know, it's funny because we always listen to Gangnam Style. Like remember, you know, when Gangnam Style was like everywhere. And oh my gosh, we used to like, my brother and I, my brother has two kids and I have two kids. And we used to play the song and have dance parties with Gangnam Style. But I didn't, I think I didn't realize that was k-pop does that make sense i thought it was just kind of this like viral i didn't know that k-pop was a thing yet because i hadn't really looked into it mm. so i would actually say mm-hmm. um hello well i'm this i have to say a swear word i'm sorry Bronte, but hello mm-hmm. bitches by cl is probably the first song that i was like oh man this is k-pop and this is 
amazing. Um, I still didn't like fully get into it at the time, but that was definitely the first song that I was like, okay, okay. I love K-pop. I'm into it. Speaking of, you know, what got you into K-pop, what's a song that you can listen to on repeat? So I went and like looked at my music list for this just to like be data accurate. And it appears that, so really I'm going to just like self-disclose. I enjoy K-pop and I listen to, you know, I would say like, I'd probably say I'm like a light to medium K-pop listener. I am a extremely heavy now BTS listener. <laughs> so I think that there's like some differentiation and that like, okay. I like K-pop as a whole, but really I just listen like 90% to BTS. Um, and so it appears that the two BTS songs that I'm currently listening to the most are um, Fire and On, which I think was kind of magical because they were actually the first two songs they performed um, when we saw them for the day three permission to dance concert. So that was like a really fun coincidence. But for me, I think, um, you know, I know I'm not alone here in like my sugar love, mm. but just the fact of how he leads in with fire with his batolone, like in this like deep, deep, super sulky voice. I just honestly, I could listen to that, just that <laughs> pretty much all day. And then when on, I just can't get over the whole Jungkook hitting these like, super high notes when he gets into the whole my everything, my blood and tears. And he's hitting notes that are just, we're reaching into Mariah Carey territory uh -huh. and nailing it. And so I, I like a lot of songs, but I feel like those have been on my playlist now, probably like on repeat the most for probably the last five months. Yeah, Allison, what about you? Right now, what is on repeat is um, We Are Bulletproof on Mappa Soul 7. It's just, I think that it is such an incredible song because you get just a little taste of every single one of the members and like, you, you just hear them and how talented they are and they each get to bring their own personality and their own vocal styling to that song. And it just like, is so incredible. So I listen to it on repeat on my way to work and then I listen to it when I'm at work and then I listen to it at home I just love it so much and really anything sugar like I will just pull up like sugar playlist on YouTube and like just yeah I know to that line distribution like in k-pop groups can can really be a topic of discussion so I'm like you I like songs where like you really get a feel for like every single member and they're they're all featured mm-hmm yeah because you can, like, the rap line, like, they're so unique. And so you hear, like, Suga's style, you hear J-Hope's style, you hear RM's, and they're just so beautiful. And then I feel the, the same way. I love it when all like, the members I just, just really have their own reason. distinct thing. So that, yeah, as soon as their voice kicks in, you're like, yep, that's, you know. Bronte, what about you? What do you have on repeat? Probably Idol by BTS. I don't know. Most of it, I played it, I played it to my semi-K-pop friend. And she didn't really like it. It's one of those things where you hate it or you love it. And for me, I used uh, I used to hate that song, but now it's like my favorite song by them. It's just, I don't know. It just has that feeling to me. It's like they usually have a really upbeat vibe. And this is like in between their upbeat vibe. For me, it's like in between Dynamite and Fire. And it's just like the right amount of edgy and like upbeat so i want to add that i love idol as well mm. like it's i love i love that song as well so props to you because i also love idol 
Mom, just an FYI, it's not Pultong eh, it's Pultong eh. <laughs> she told you. I mean, I don't know how to pronounce it. I will just add, I want to throw in my own because uh, I think we all know I um, am a big ATs fan. And I would say Wonderland is a song that I, is, if it ever comes up on my playlist, I absolutely never skip it. There's just something about that song that makes me want to hop on a pirate ship and, like, slash all the baddies and just conquer everything. Like, it really makes me feel like I can do anything. And isn't that, like, the good thing about music is that it makes you, like, you know what I mean? Feel that you can do something or accomplish something. That's how that song makes me feel. So this is always a fun question. Who is your current ultimate bias and who is your bias wrecker? Okay, well, welcome to my TED Talk on my bias. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, first, I feel like this is a harder question for me than it probably has any right to be because I really do have like super bad love for each of the BTS members. And I think that truly what makes the group just such a delight is that they all feel very integral and I don't think that there's like any one of them that could be like even remotely replaceable. But that being said, I like hard questions. So my bias is Kim Nam Joon, AKA RM, AKA Rap Monster, which I thought was hilarious. Um, Allison, that this week Megan learned that RM stands for Rap Monster. And it is precious and cute to like come up with like, you know, your idol name when you're like, what, 15 or 16. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. And yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, what you think is right. cool at 15. I mean, he's like probably, what, is he 28 now yeah, or something? He's probably like, oh, yeah, God, why I don't do think this? it's probably like the choice you make in your late 20s. But, you know, here we are and it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> But he's awesome. He's yeah, awesome. He I can think do that it. like, you know, not only is he highly intelligent and articulate, and that's never not going to like ring all my bells, but I really appreciate like a couple of other things that I wanted to just like call out. One is that he has been just a very outspoken supporter of the queer community. And I really love that he does things like amplify queer musicians on social media, um, like Troy Sivan on the Love Simon soundtrack. You know, I just feel like the fact that he has this like gigantic international platform and he is willing and excited to use it as a force for self-acceptance and love in all its expressions is just super rad. And I also think that Nam June is just a really capable leader and I cannot imagine having to be the leader of any kind of a K-pop group, let alone BTS, which I feel like car must carry just an incredible amount of pressure. And he seems to handle himself with such grace. And I feel like, despite that there is this like occasional snark that he has in interviews, and I really appreciate that as well, because like, let's be real, like not only does the bulk of translation work fall to him when he's in English speaking countries, but he has to keep like everyone else in the group in check at events that can be like exciting. And like, you know, they might get like carried away doing things. And he also has to like, just field some of the most like inane questions from people without looking like he wants to like punch himself in the face. So, you know, kudos for that. And I just, I really love how he speaks English. I feel like he speaks English the same way he raps, which is like to have like lots of swagger. And I also just love that, like, he has, like, another nickname, which is the God of Destruction, because he just breaks everything and anything. And, like, some of my absolute favorite self-care is just to, like, pop onto YouTube and watch videos of Namjoon being a total klutz, and I'm not sorry about that. 
And, you know, I also just want to say that, like, they got their own personal Instagrams, like, in the last month. And Namjoon has taken, like, his 23-plus million followers <laughs> on this road trip through rural America into, like, you know, some more urban centers, visiting just, like, all these contemporary art galleries, and has probably honestly done more for art education than anything else in recent memory. Like, he's highlighting Mark Rothko, he's highlighting minimalist sculptor Donald Judd, cause, like, it's just, like, I don't know. I just think that, like, that's really cool as well. And that being said, my bias wrecker is my manic pixie boy, Jimin, who I just think looks and sounds like a little cherub angel, but is like all sassy. And when he is performing, I swear to God, like I just always look for where he is because I feel like he's just really theatrical to watch and very delicate, but also super powerful. And I also just think that out of anyone, 10 out of 10, I'd love to have drinks and gossip with baby mochi. <laughs> So it's funny you mentioned Jimin because so I just want to tell you I saw this photo that was like of the the back of BTS but it was like middle back down and it was very funny because the the caption was like which one's Jimin and you could tell because all the rest were just standing straight and Jimin was standing with like one hip out like a totally like sassy pose and it was just hilarious like you could tell just from the back of them from like the waist down like who he was Allison over to you. I have to agree with everything that Leah said. It is hard to pick your bias when they are all so incredibly talented and just like wonderful to watch and entertaining. But Sugar's my favorite. He's just so talented. Like every song I love, I love because of the Sugar solo. And like I've, you know, just like learning the songs that he's produced, I was like, oh, I was listening to that song way before I started listening to BTS. Like just how talented he is vocally, like singing as well as rapping. And he just is the old man of the, the group. And I love that very much about him. Like there's this video that I watched and the six of them, like six of the BTS are just like running around playing in the pool. He's in the shade with a glass of red wine. And I'm like, yep, that's why I love you. <laughs> you will always be my bias right. because of this. Like, I can relate. Yeah, I'm just going to be over here. You guys have fun. And I just, yeah, that's my favorite, favorite thing about him. He just is like, this is me. I'm going to do my thing. But I'm also going to work incredibly hard for this group and like I mean just watching him dance when he's in it like he's so good my bias record is V he can sing so incredibly I'm like where did this where did he come from he's an angel and just he's so goofy and there's like clips of him just like being off in his own world in like interviews and I love his style I love like the visual um not only his visuals but just like yeah, I have the to way say that, that he I presents himself it's really in hard to group, have to give so. just those two but yeah when it comes to v i feel as if his vibe he has more charisma like in his little finger than like any celebrity has in like their whole being it's just amazing truly and i kind of feel like out of all of them i know he's uh, yeah. been in k-drama mm -hmm. but i also feel like yeah he's the most likely like that i would vote i would just love to see him in more dramas as well because he's a true performer my bias is probably jimin because he's really like at the performance he just he's very his own mood and own personality and he's just really i watch videos of him when i'm whenever i don't have a k-drama to watch 
I'm like on YouTube watching him just being, it literally is titled like Jimin being his own mood. And it's just like, it always cracks me up. It's hilarious. And then my bias wrecker, that's really tough because probably RM, my mom would switch around. <laughs> uh, um, he's same as, he's like, he has a lot of pressure on him and he's like doing really well because he's the leader of the, like, the, one of the biggest boy groups in the world and he's just he's just awesome for that because he never like he's also his own mood but in more of a way that he is the literal dad of BTS and like he I can like totally see him accidentally calling one of the BTS members his son or like one of like them actually accidentally calling him dad I can like totally see that and I'd be like I would probably wouldn't notice it because it's like so normal because he is really just the father of BTS. And that takes a lot because, I mean, it's BTS. Next question. What is joyful about being a fan? All right. Well, again, I'm just going to only come at these questions through a BTS lens <laughs> as like we're building up to like to talking about seeing them live. But I feel like for me, something that I really find joyful about being a fan is I think that they redefine masculinity as do many Korean Idol. But I think that like BTS has this giant global stage and their influence is something that I'm just really proud to support. And I love everything from like their style choices to their performances to their interpersonal relationships with each other that they're just like totally repudiating that concept of toxic masculinity that you know really centers suppressing emotions and coming across like a hard tough man or even like can be like glorifying or sexualizing violence and I feel like in this like repudiation is like coupled the with the fact that they just have this like very relatable dorkable side and I think that's like a huge part of what is attractive in watching them is it just I know it sounds cliche but they just feel very relatable despite the fact that they probably are like the most famous group I would argue probably since like the Beatles and that just gives me life I also love that their Korean boy band and they can come and sell out the largest stadium in America and just speak Korean on the stage and still have this like honest, authentic communication with the audience that transcends language and culture and gender and racial barriers. But at the same time, like 100 percent centers all of that as well. And to me, that's just like honestly amazing. Uh, yeah, Allison, what do you think? I think that just my favorite thing is being around ARMY, like, you know, when I was flying to LA, um, like, there was just ARMY in the airport from the Omaha airport to the LA airport. And suddenly there was just people that had, I could go up and talk to and like have the shared common language and know that because they were BTS ARMY, there was that just everybody's welcome here. You know, we're all just a big community that are supporting each other. And so like, didn't think twice about making conversation with somebody I'd never met before sitting down and having lunch with somebody at the airport, you know, while we're waiting for the plane and, you know, talking about like what it is we do and who we, you know, who our bias is. Um, and just like everybody was so positive. And I think that is 
just something special that BTS has brought to the fan base is just this like genuine kindness and respect for each other. Um, I think that brings me a lot of joy about being a fan. And honestly, the other day, my best friend was like, I don't think I've ever heard a BTS song. She's like, they, you know, they just got nominated for a Grammy. And I was like, oh, don't worry, I got you. So I put on On and made her listen to it. And then now throughout the day, I'll just be like, and you need to listen to this one and this one because they're just so good. <laughs> like The music is so incredible. And it just, you know, music can bring you joy and lift you out of hard times and you know help you sort of feel feel the feels when you need to as well go and ahead Bronte. i think they hit all Hope of those really notes and they do it so well and they just like bring a lot of joy to me after most days at school just i don't know <laughs> um i come home and i'm pooped and <laughs> and you know i'd sit back like listen to a bts song and i'm like i just instantly feel better and being a kid and being a fan and they're all like, I don't know, they're all like, tr- like, be true to yourself and like figure stuff out. Like, I look up to them for that. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say something similar. Um, one thing that I, so I'm, I think I mostly, I haven't said this on the podcast, but I mostly follow NCT and ATs. Um, and one thing, but, but I follow a lot of other groups too. And one thing I just noticed about their music is that a lot of, and oh, I love ITZY. I love ITZY a lot too. Um, they're a girl group and it's the positive messaging that I think is, and I don't feel like it's like toxic positivity. It's like acknowledgement that life is hard, but it then it's also like, you know, times are hard, but you can, um, pull through and like, sometimes we just want that. Like sometimes music, we just want that to be a safety mm-hmm. net for us. Um, ATs recently came out with a song called Turbulence and it like really hit me because it's about, you know, it's really about like struggling and feeling alone. And especially during COVID, it really hit me because it was about um, uh, there's like a lyric that says like sometimes it feels like the world is just asking you to fall um, and that sometimes we just all want a hug essentially or an embrace. And it's like, yeah, like it's just the whole song. um the whole song felt like a hug <laughs> to me. And sometimes that's just what I want. I want music to make me feel empowered. I, you know, and um, I think that that's what makes me feel really joyful about, about the music is a lot of it just has messaging um, that I like. And then sometimes it's just freaking fun to listen to. Like sometimes I just want to like, you know, I just want to shake my butt. I mean, <laughs> I just, uh, and I love that. Um, I love the overall vibe. I think like Bronte said, like sometimes it's the music is just a mood and it's fantastic. Um, so what is, what is challenging about being a fan of Korean entertainment? Allison, do you want to jump in with this one first? Sure. I think the challenging thing is, you know, just as I'm exploring like Korean culture, just learning more about, k-pop idol culture and the challenges they go through um, to become idols and learning about just sort of mental health and depression in that particular you know realm um you know there's a lot of idols that have taken their life and you know have died um, by suicide and just the amount of pressure that they feel and just knowing um that the idols are you know experiencing that and feeling that as well I think that's hard um, because I'm like oh you're so you're so talented like we see these you know 
beautiful glossy images and presentations of them. Um, but there are, you know, not so great sides of the entertainment industry and not just in, you know, Korean pop idol industry, but, you know, the entertainment industry across the board. Um, and then just on a very like selfish personal note that eventually they'll have to disband and, you know, BTS will no longer be. And you know, that's, that's hard because I just I love their music and yeah, I want right? to listen to it We've been forever. like talking about the possible like you know military countdown too and what that means if having these personal Instagram accounts is like a nod towards you know having to do more differentiation. I think that that's definitely when they do this next world tour that's kind of being hyped for 2022. I'm selling a kidney to go to mm. whatever because I don't mm -hmm. know when, like at that point I'm nervous when they, when we get to see them again all together. But also what you kind of touched on, too, that I do think is really important to kind of acknowledge is that all celebrity culture is inherently, like, fairly messed up. But something that I think is kind of a little uh -huh, bit more uh -huh. unique to um, what I've been seeing with, like, Korean celebrity culture is this idea of actors and idols needing as part of, like, their job description, essentially, to project this, like, perpetually available, sexy, yet, like, weirdly virginal image and so I'm not saying that, like, I want to go see, like, Hobie getting busted for making, like, you know, explicit videotapes on a yacht or something. But I really would like to be part of a trend of the fandom normalizing, like, these, like, men and women um, mm -hmm. having relationships and experiences that seem really essential to your youth. And when they're in their, like, physical prime, let's be real. And so, like, I want to be able to let them date without this a global catastrophe. And to want otherwise feels like endorsing a really toxic dynamic. And I feel like, you know, three of us here, mm -hmm. you know, Bronte <laughs> not included in this, are like older fans. And I feel like, you know, it's part of our responsibility to model for younger ones healthy yeah. ways to like engage in fandom spaces because you know i do think that that's something is korean pop fans like really do spread across ages and i yeah like we really can be like showing younger folks out there that these ideas of like having to be so restrictive and not just being able to like live your life like that's not that's not it mm -hmm. <laughs> and i'm going to turn this over to bronte too so bronte what do you feel like is challenging in being a k-pop fan i'm the only well, besides my mom, I don't know anyone else who really is a K-pop fan. And, like, I tried... My best friend is a semi-K-pop fan because he likes mm -hmm. maybe, like, three Stray Kids songs and, like, one BTS song. But that's it, and that's all I can talk about. So I end up just... That's why V-Live was kind of, like, a bit of a savior to me. Um, it just, like, there's other people that you can connect with that, like, actually know what's going on because no one else in my school knows what like even k-pop is so that's really hard because just like being in your own world and like oh it's because no one else if no one else knows what you're talking about and it's really like no one no one else knows what it is and i'm the only one and they're all like what are you doing what are you talking about and like my friend even who's a semi-k-pop fan Whenever I talk to her about it too much, because I, like, want to let it all out, she's like, you can stop now. Mm -hmm. And my mom was, like, the only one I have to talk to in person about K-pop. And, like, I mean, that's... No offense, Mom. That's kind of sad. <laughs> fair. Totally fair. 
so bonding and yet so troubling to be, <laughs> you know, <laughs> coming up into your teens and being like, great, the only person I have to talk about the things I love with is my mom. <laughs> I do have to completely agree with what you just said, though, because like I try to talk about K-pop with my friends and they're like, no, we're not having this. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, well, I guess I'll just talk to my husband who is so tired of hearing about K-pop right now because he's the only one around and he's forced to listen to it 24 hours a day because I'm listening to it. Every time we go over to my brother's, he always plays music in his basement and he just kind of plays like usually like a popular hits playlist or whatever. And it's so funny because uh, every time a K-pop song comes on, I like scream it. I'm like, it's a K-pop song. And it's so funny because a lot of times they don't know. And they're uh, like a Monster X song came on that was totally in English. And so they were like really confused. They were like, but this is in English. And I was like, well, sometimes they sing and they rap in English. And a lot of times it's like a mix of Korean and English. And they were really, they were really surprised, but I get really excited. But like, no, none of them actually want to have a conversation with me about it. And yeah, my husband's like over it. Um, Okay, so let's set the stage and kind of get into a little bit about the concert. But first of all, Bronte, you got COVID for your birthday. (laughs) Why don't you tell us a bit about what that was like and how being a (laughs) K-pop fan helped you cope with the self-quarantine? It was really hard because this is the, this year was actually like the first time I was going to have birthday party. Well, I did it once, but that was, I kind of just joined on to my friend's party really quickly. And that was, that was funny. It was still fun, but like I never had a birthday party that's like for me. So this is going to be my big year. And then I got COVID, which was, like, seriously depressing. And I remember we had just, like, gone outside for cake, and I was, like, pretty bummed, even though it was still my birthday. And I remember I hadn't listened to a K-pop song in a while for I don't know why. And then I was just like, okay. And then I played the BTS song. This is why, like, Idol was my favorite song, because I was playing Idol, and that's when I got to like it. And I'm like, hey... This is really good. Why did I stop listening to this? And then for, like, the rest of my quarantine, I was, it was just a bunch of BTS, Stray Kids, any... Like, that's what I... Because at first, I'd really been, like, only listening to Stray Kids because I didn't want to be, like... I don't know. I just, like, this was the only group I liked. And then I started listening to a bunch of other groups, and I got, like, really into it, and... That's what, so my quarantine was, it was really sucky, but it also, like, helped me become a K-pop fan, because without it, I'd, like, probably be slowly drifting out of it, but I'm glad I didn't. It was still, like, pretty sad, though. Do, I do not recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 10 out of 10, don't recommend COVID for your birthday. <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to be sad about it. Trust me, we all felt really bad. Yeah. So, Allison, tell us about your journey to becoming ARMY. I touched on a little bit. Like, again, I had known who BTS was for a while just because they've been around for a long time. And I listened to music in the world. And I had heard Dynamite. And I was like, I, I don't really love this song, but it's it's fine. And then I watched that carpool karaoke. And it was like Sugar singing the intro to Black Swan. And then the um, Cook's like, solo, and I was, like, head over heels. I think I texted Leah, like, in the Instagram. I was, like, BTS singing Post Malone circles will live rent-free in my head forever. And that was the moment, just, like, watching them 
do what they do. And I was just like hardcore army after that. And then they announced the concerts in LA and I was like, oh my gosh, like how cool would this be? I sent it to Leah and she's like, sweet. And then it just like went from there and suddenly I was army who was flying halfway across the country to go see them live. So it happened in a split second. There was like... There was no in-between. It was like, yeah, okay. And then all (laughs) in 100%. Leah, describe the process of you getting tickets. So any of the gray hair that you see here is all linked to trying to get BTS tickets. So (laughs) I felt really bad for, um, for Bronte having like birthday COVID. And also it was just a time where I knew I could see vaccinations. Like I was vaccinated. I could see kid vaccinations were on the horizon. And I just felt like this was a chance where the timing could theoretically work out and like we could make some magic happen. And so um, I pre-registered for like the pre-sale. I believe Allison was the one who even put on my, like on my radar that like, you know, tickets were going to be going on sale. I like got into like the pre-sale, whatever. And... (laughs) I don't know, like these Ticketmaster sales, like I just like got like tried to get twice tickets like the other day where Megan was with me for that experience. And like I was unsuccessful. I got one somehow and then just like sold it at price because I was like, what am I going to do with one ticket? But somehow like the BTS gods were like kind to me in this moment. And, you know, when I got let in, (laughs) I wasn't crazy back in the queue. Like I knew I wasn't close, but like I was at like 600 And I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm actually going to, like, get freaking tickets. And then when you get let in, there's just this moment where I'm like, oh, my God, if everything crashes, I don't know what to do. There's another moment where you just see seats getting freaking taken en masse. And I was just in, like, a blind panic. And I literally Mm. just, like, clicked my button on something. And it was, you know, this ticket's been taken. I did it again. I was like, oh, my God, I don't, like, I'm getting agitated. (laughs) I don't know what to do. And then, like, did it again third time. Like, I didn't even know where I was clicking at that point. I was just, like, on the screen, like, ah! And all of a sudden, I was like, yeah, you've got tickets. And, yeah, it was really, really exciting. And I felt as close as I'm ever going to feel to like opening up a bar of Wonka chocolate and finding a golden ticket inside. <laughs> I love that analogy. That's awesome. Okay. So for those of you, which is everyone but me <laughs> who attended the BTS concert, what was it like uh, traveling to the show, you know, getting into the stadium, all of that? I was a little bit nervous because I was flying from Omaha to LA and I was like, I don't know that lots of flights are getting canceled, but everything worked out really well. So like the flight was smooth and like landed in LA amongst a whole bunch of army. So you're like instantly like, okay, these people are also going to the same place I'm going to eventually. So you just kind of felt that everything would work out because there were several hundred people also at the airport who were going to the BTS show. So it's just from landing in LA, this sense of things will work out. We'll all get there. It'll be great. And Leah had put on my radar the Rally Rideshare, which is, uh, I don't even know what to call it, but just a web-based, like, you can tell them where your hotel is and then sign up for a bus and you get on the bus, like, right at the door of your hotel. They take you to the event, they wait there for you, and then you hop on the same bus and then they drop you off at the hotel again after the show. And that was so smooth and easy worked out perfect the only thing I had not anticipated was 
simply because it had been so long since I traveled, how motion sick I get. Like I just forgotten about that part of me because I haven't traveled because of COVID. So I was literally motion sick from the moment I got like on the plane in Omaha until I got back to Omaha. Like LA and I did not agree with each other in terms of like motion sickness. So I was miserable 99% of the time, except for when I was at the concert. And, oh, it was, it was terrible, but it was fine because, you know, you get Dramamine at the airport when you're headed back and it was all good. I do have like BTS can cure all story. So like we're on the rally ride share. There's like, you know, 30 of us, like all excited to go to BTS. And we're just talking about like our favorite songs and our favorite members. And then one of the women was, well, let's listen to the music. And like, I was to the point where I was like, I'm going to get sick. Like I was so sick. And as soon as they put BTS on, like my motion sickness went away. I was completely fine. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I love BTS even more now because suddenly I feel better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then once we got to SoFi, like, and that was my other favorite part, because we were all on the bus going to the same place, they were like sharing tips and tricks, because ARMY will go to all of the shows. So most, like, I think everybody in the bus except for me was going to, if not all four shows, at least two or more. And so they had like, you know, on the bus, one of the um, ladies that was behind me was like, if you see somebody with a vaccination wristband, like make sure to get that right away. So it's really smooth to get in. So I was like, okay, cool. So I was like walking to my entrance at SoFi and some guy was like, I have three bracelets left. So I like pulled out my vaccination card and my ID and got that taken care of, got to my line and um, like just had everything. And, you know, you're in line for hours and you're making friends with people like army are just the nicest group of people. Um, and so we're just having conversation and then we're just waiting in line. Our entrance went really smooth. Like I, I know that there were other entrances that did not have as much luck, but it was just like, Oh, you have a vaccination wristband. Okay. You can now go into this line and now you're in the concert. So yeah, for us, it went really well. Like it was the beginning of fun was getting to the San Jose airport and just starting to see like the bits of purple, like here and there or bits of like the different little animals or, you know, a t-shirt. And so it's just like little one-offs. And then you get off in LA and all of a sudden it just turned into like this, like what was like a little like trickle of purple turned into like literally like a freaking cause I arrived on concert day, like the concert day for day three, it was a river of purple and army and it just felt really fun. And that camaraderie was really cool. I will say that like that we, I'm very glad we did book like a bus to the show. Our bus was a little less smooth in that I'm not sure if our driver had ever driven a bus before. And so we were doing things like bottoming out, like I, <laughs> Like it was the, it was like a wild Mr. Toad's wild ride, and I'm like a fairly laid back person, and I wasn't nervous, but I was also like I'm not sure what's happening right now. Like we bottomed out a few times to where like he was like going over curbs and then having to stop the bus and get out and look underneath to like see if the bus was still there. He at one point pulled like a U-turn in traffic, in like a giant bus with like no warning. <laughs> And so that was all kind of like fun and crazy. But what I will say was also really cool being on the bus was like the range of people. Like we had Bronte who is like 
quite young. You know, there was like a smattering of kind of like 20 something, you know, whatever. And then like, you know, there was like a few ladies on the bus who were like, you know, well mm -hmm. into probably like their late 50s and 60s, some in concert wear, some just looking like they were honestly like about to go to church, like in like a little like collared shirt and like a cardigan, like ready to go. And I felt mm -hmm. like that was really like awesome. It was just like every type of person was on that bus. And I really appreciated it. And then when we got to SoFi, which is, look, like the stadium cost like a couple billion dollars, which I still can't get my head around billion dollar stadium. And we got there and I was feeling pretty good. Okay, I'd love to like connect with Allison before the show. Like we've got our tickets. We're there at like four o'clock. The show doesn't start till 730. No big deal. We're going to skip the merch lines. The other thing that blew my mind was like these merch lines outside the stadium. Mm -hmm. Folks were lining up at like three in the morning mm -hmm. to like start getting in line for merch stuff, which blew my mind. But anyway... I was like, okay, none of that. Thank you. Like, we're just going to get to the stadium. And so our side, I would say all hell broke loose. I have no idea. I felt like I was like, I now have, and I'm not even like trying to be like hyperbolic. I feel like I understand what happens in like mass panic situations where there's like people trying to like get food or like services because we were in lines that we know, like I, I can't even tell you, like, we were in lines for, like, two and a half hours that, like, kept not becoming lines, and people were panicking and running at one point. And, you know, the concert that had happened in Texas that had, like, turned into quite a tragedy with, like, stamping. Like, we never got dangerous, but I was, like, I can see how shit gets crazy, and all I can do is, like, hold my kid's hand, and we are going to get into the show. Somehow, we have tickets. And then, like, sound check happened, mm -hmm. and... That's when Bronte lost her everlasting mind was she was like, oh, my God, the show has started. We have missed everything. I was like, honey, no, this is like sound check. It's all good. Just enjoy listening to them. Like, we are fine. It's all fine. But by like six something, I was like, are we going to like really get in? I'm not quite sure anymore. And I couldn't like call Allison because the phones were all jammed. Like I couldn't get signals anymore. And I was just like you know, I'm pretty sure it's fine. And I'm going to model calmness because Bronte was basically like tears just trickling down her sad little face into her mask. And I was like, this is fine. It's fine. And then I don't know what happened, but I heard somebody just like bitching who worked for SoFi being, I don't know why all these people are standing over here when if they just walk around the corner, there's no line. And I was, hmm? And so I was like, Bronte, let's just like start walking. And we like went around the corner of the stadium and we went from, I don't even know, like all hell broke loose to no lines whatsoever. We just washed out our things, walked in, got to our seats with zero drama. I have no idea. It was just like, I will say like wagging the finger to SoFi having no idea. And we were on day three at that point that I was like, look, I know crowd control. I can't imagine like logistics. But it also felt like it could have been like potentially slightly dangerous and if anything had gone wrong or if there was like anyone with like nefarious purposes or anything, like it could have just been like a real shit show. However, it was not. We got to our seats. Super awesome. And we were seated next to the president of BTS, like a, the UK BTS fan club. So she was really sweet and like gave Bronte a light stick. Cause we didn't have one. Cause like, we're still kind of like figuring it all out. So anyway, the setup to get in, like once we got in, 
it's like having like childbirth. Like it was like, I felt like there was some real pain and suffering for a couple of hours. And then once I got in, I'm like, it's all good. This is going to be nothing but fun. And Bronte, I don't know if you want to speak at all to like the extreme panic attack you had about not being sure if you could get into the show. Mm -hmm. So the lines were the, like I had been to two concerts before and they weren't, like I thought that was bad. Because I went to, like, some random kids' bop concert for my birthday a couple years ago. And, uh, yeah. Because my mom had li- heard me listening to a song from them. So she was like, oh, let's go for your birthday. So I did. And, like, the line was, like, I thought it was long to get in. And I'm like, hey. And then on the bus, I'm like, hey, mom, will the line be, like, kids' bop? And she's like, <laughs> no. And then I got, like, I was kind of worried on the bus. Because after hearing that, and then we got in, and I saw the lines for the merch, and I'm like, holy cow, those are the lines? And my mom's like, no. And I'm like, okay. And then she said, those are the lines. And I saw these lines that look like um, a line that's as long as a marathon. And I'm like, is this worth it? And my brother was like, yes, you're doing this. So we were in line, and sound check started. And, like, I had heard people saying, like, we're not going to get in. Let's, like, start a rampage. And I'm like, what is going on? And then the sound check started. And I'm like, they're starting it early. Everything, life has no more meaning. And, like, I started, so at first I went from freaking out, being like, let's break in. And then I went to, like, life has no meaning. There's no purpose on earth. Why are we here? And, um... My mom at one point just was like, you better snap out of it or we're going back. And I'm like, okay. I was really sympathetic mm. at one point. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we were in a line and I'm like, mom, I can see like this line. This is the line for like food or something. The line for the, like we're going in the wrong direction. And we're at the front. Like people just started walking away. It was nothing. There was no purpose. And I remember at one point we were like by the bathrooms. We were like solidly close to getting in and then we heard this is when we heard the people saying there were no line like and my mom mom was like let's just go over there and i'm like mom we have a good spot over here so we left and then five seconds after we had left that line everyone else was just like bolting in random directions and there was not a line anymore and i'm like what is going on <laughs> this whole podcast is going to be about the mm. line of sofi stadium that yeah. could be a podcast in and of itself yes. of human nature mm. so and then at one point, this is, like, before we got into, we actually got in, Mom was like, we're getting food, you need to eat. And I'm like, I don't have any money. I do, but, like, I'm not going to spend $20 on overpriced pizza. I wasn't going to make you pay for and, it. And she's like, here's $20, buy a pizza. But if you hear me screaming your name, you better come back. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, ma'am, yes, ma'am. So I grabbed the thing and, like, ran to some random pizza place. And she was like, Bronte! And I just got mine. And, and she had, like, moved three inches, like, oh, good. Just wanted to make sure you're safe. And I'm like, you can see me. And then she, we got, and, we, like, when we were actually getting, like, close to getting in, I thought they were going to, like, have to, I don't know, make us, t- like, I thought we were, like, the metal detector. Like, we were going to have to, like, like, an airport metal detector. We had to go through, like, that whole security thing. And I'm like, Mom, we're not going to get in. It's already 7 o'clock. And then when we got in, um, I'm vegetarian, so it was really... My mom was like... 
she, she was like, don't worry, there's going to be lots of vegetarian food there. I mean, like, LA's like the capital of, you know, vegetarianists. And I'm like, okay. We went in, like, the only place that, like, there was a place near our seats. And I'm like, oh, this is, like, really lucky. We got in line, we looked at the menu. It was just, like, burgers, hot dogs, chili hot dog burger. <laughs> and um, I'm like, so I ended up having... Um, Lay, a bag of Lay's chips and... <laughs> this is your story. <laughs> and Sprite for dinner. And I'm like, I I wasn't mad at that. I mean, I like chips. <laughs> yeah, that's a plus. Okay, let's wrap it up. Um, but it was like a really... It was the best and worst night of my life. Bronte learned a lot of lessons about yes. personal stress management. Mm. It was like... I. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Moving on from the Lays and the Lines. <laughs> Overall, what was the experience like? What were some highs and lows from, from the concert? Tell us what you loved about it. What was the experience like? All that good stuff. Allison, I guess you can start. I think just being there, that was watching them do what they do best. Like, I cannot stress that enough. They are truly masters of their craft. Like, at one point... J-Hope, like Leah said, like they connected with the audience like several times. They would come out and they would talk to us, each of them individually. And J-Hope is, this is my job. My job is to make you happy. My job is to make sure you're having a good experience. And if you like leave here and you've had a good experience and you're happy, I can say I did my job well. And like, he did his job perfectly. <laughs> and all of them did. They are just so talented. So that was a high. And this is the biggest band in the world. And to be able to say that I was lucky enough to see them is pretty incredible. That's a pretty amazing. I love live music. And being seeing a show of this like scale um, was pretty incredible. My low was, it was so cold. <laughs> it was like... Really? So, so cold. So it was just like shivering. Even once we like, because I was up, I was up oh. in like the very top section. And so like closest to like where the breeze was coming in and out. And it was like 50 degrees that night. It was not warm. I was just chilly. That was the only negative thing about the show oh, itself. I live in Pennsylvania. 50 is great. <laughs> I'd be like 50 degrees. That sounds great. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I'm I mean, not. I'm, I'm from not. Nebraska. I'm just, I'm just it was like a wet yeah. fog. It was not what I was... I thought it was going to be a lot. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, I figured it... That's why you were like, it's yeah. cold. I'm like, what? You're in LA. I was confused. Okay. Apparently, the first night was super, super hot. And then, like, each show after, mm -hmm. like, got cooler. So, we just... Well, and if you're up cool high, show. too, it's going to be a little bit damper and cooler. Yeah. I think that for me, yeah. I had pretty reasonable expectations I think I mean obviously like I was like these are people who know know what they're doing and I was kind of seen in like an interview recently where V had been like you know I feel like we've been living as entertainers but we're actually performers and I thought that was like a very good self-awareness of you know for the last couple of years they've been amazing at putting out content however mm -hmm. they're performers and so I was kind of interested to see like what that was going to be like unleashed because they had such like a short window like four days and I can't even imagine what it would be like viewed off of that energy because I've seen like different, like I've seen everywhere from 50,000 to 70,000 basically a night. So like, let's say like at least over 60,000 probably to just be like on the receiving end of like that much energy too. And 
I will talk about this until I'm on my deathbed of like the fact that they could make that kind of an experience feel intimate is like beyond anything. Like that was the, that was not what I was expecting. I think, I think I was expecting like showmanship. I was expecting the lights. I was expecting like the spectacle, but the fact that it felt really personal and so much of it has to do with like their vulnerability the fact that like they're authentically connecting with each other on the stage and then they've got like the big screens kind of reflecting that and i mean like i don't know like they're just good people being good people (laughs) like it's just like Mm -hmm. i was like are we just that starved for this in like humanity that it just feels like that but yeah i don't know so everything i enjoyed Mm -hmm. everything from like there were times where they would get out, they got on these little carts and it like took them around the stadium. And so they could like move around. And I thought that was really sweet and special because like, it just like brought them around physically because people just cannot get enough clearly. But also I felt like there was just like this earnestness, especially at the end when they all kind of had time to talk and RM, I swear to God, like he like could be like an evangelical preacher in another life. Like he just like was in his feelings and the way he was mm-hmm. talking, he like made you feel how much he was like caring to be there and how much he wanted to do well. And then the fact that so many of the other, uh, like I would say like probably most of them ended up speaking in Korean for like those parts where they really wanted to like have authentic feelings and then they got translated. And I thought that was a really special, smart thing to do as well too, because honestly, I feel like it was their time too. Like it was our time, but I feel like it was also their time. And I was really happy that they Mm -hmm. got to have that. And just a huge shout out that like V came out with like the Squid Game uniform (laughs) of like, you know, being the soldier. And that was just like, super fun and sweet so yeah i just think that it was exactly the spectacle i thought it would be but i really wasn't expecting to just feel like that hyper level of like connection and warmth really just felt like the best Mm -hmm. of humanity all coming together and when i left it was like this buzz of just goodness and i can't put that into like actual words because it's a feeling i think it's interesting that you mentioned that they say like they're performers Because I do think K-pop, the whole industry, definitely, like, that's what they're about. Um, Because they put a lot of emphasis on, like, facial expressions on stage and, like, exaggerated facial expressions because when you're meant to be performed in front of a live audience, you know, I don't think we get a lot um, in, like, some other type of music industry. So I do think that that's, um, that's interesting he said that. And I, everything that I see in K-pop backs that up. The amount of caloric expenditure that had to have happened in that show was staggering to me because I was trying to think like just in like the first song, like on by the end of that, I'm like, that was easily like 1500 calories right there plus singing. And apparently like normally, because obviously I haven't seen BTS before, it's pretty common for them to spell each other off. So some people are on stage doing something and some of they like they're taking breaks throughout the show um, to like try to basically like have a chance to like rest and they did take some like eat a cliff bar right like have some water <laughs> so they did do some like yeah. costume changes and some short intermissions because like dear god but like they mm-hmm. spent prim- they've spent the when they mm-hmm. were performing they were all together and i cannot like i mean i feel like i had to have watched them burn like literally like twenty five thousand calories or mm-hmm. something like it was inhuman the amount of energy and like strength they brought into like the the length of the concert because the concert was like almost three hours long and like they were just like 
highly physical the entire time. And that blew my mind as well. Bronte, do you have anything to say about the experience of being sure. at the show? You can talk about the first was the bit of the... So I had no low either. I'm just going to say, like, from once it started, there was no low for me. It was just magic. Um, I almost... No, I wouldn't say I almost died. But, like, I could have been seriously injured. So we were in, like... Our seats, there was an overhang above us, like the last overhang. Um, and someone had brought, a, like, a portable phone charger... And it fell, and it, like, just, it, like, passed my ear. I could hear it, and I'm like, what was that? And, like, scraped my elbow, fell on the floor, and the lady next to me, who's, like, the U.K. president, uh, like, that lady, the shout-out, yeah, shout-outs to her if she's listening. Um, (laughs) But, like, she was like, oh, my God, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. What was that? And I didn't know what it was. I thought it was a phone, and I, like, like, I thought it was a phone, and I thought I had just broke, like, $1,000 worth of a phone. I don't know. I was, like, overreacting. And then a bunch of people were like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, is the phone okay? And I picked it up, and I'm like, oh, wait. It's, like, a $20 charger. And, um, like, the guy was looking over, and he was, like, he was, like looking down. And he was like, uh-oh. I, like, I could see. He's just like, I didn't do that. So what were the highlights besides um, almost getting hit in the yeah. head? Yeah, <laughs> um, it was like really, it was really bad. It was like the best night of my life so far, besides being born. Because um, <laughs> that would be pretty sad. That was my favorite thing. Uh, anyway, it was like really magical. They just had this feeling about them, and like the intermissions, like they all got an equal part, and it was just like th- when they came around on the carts. That was really cool, and um, they did the wave, like the feeling. The fe- I can never, I can't even begin to describe the feeling of when the wave is coming to you, and there's like that brief moment where you can like see it coming to you. It's really, it's really pretty because it's just like, woo. And the glow sticks. Yeah, the glow sticks. It's like, it's really yeah, it's beautiful. It's like I can. It was a really. It was like the best feeling I've like ever. How about when Namjoon got upset because, or not upset, but tried to manage a more difficult wave and no one could pull it off? Remember? Yeah. At the at the end, he's like, "All right, you guys, you ready for the best wave that's ever happened in the history of BTS waves?" And it started, and everybody was just like, at once, woo, woo. and it was like really slow. That was, was like, pretty okay, hilarious. We could do better, and it took like four turns to get it right. And he's like, "Yeah, okay, there we go." You tried your best, yeah. <laughs> Woo! And when they left, it was like mm. mm. that was really funny. And um, the like the first when they first came on stage, that was also a really cool feeling because they're like, I was like, is that dumb? Is that dumb? She's like, yeah, that's dumb. And I'm like, I'm in the state. I'm in this. I'm in this. I'm breathing the same air as BTS right now. Yeah. <laughs> and. Um, so it was, <laughs> yeah, it was just really fun, really magical. Allison, as a therapist, can you share some key points uh, between like a healthy fan and an unhealthy obsession? And I just want to add, I'm sorry, I do want to add, I don't think I'm like giving away any like patient thing, but I did have a, f- a friend I know on Instagram 
she's like an old like she's like a re- not she's not old i'm sorry i have a reader friend on instagram and she messaged me the other day and was like oh my therapist is like a really huge fan of your podcast and i was like no way like that you know small worlds or whatever and then i was like do you and she's like i think she's a patreon too and i was like well then i probably know her and i was like do you mind telling me her her first name and she's like it's allison i was like oh i know allison it's just so funny it's like what a small world because like you know what i mean she's like a reader it was just a really it was such a it's just a funny moment but anyway sorry back to the question (laughs) yeah it is such a small world all of my clients like we talk about bts all the time (laughs) that's amazing you should probably (laughs) listen to this song you know, because music can help you get through a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought this was a really interesting question. And like, I had been thinking about it for a while, because I think for me, sort of the way that I understand it, or the way that I kind of think about healthy versus unhealthy, like fangirling or fandom, is just recognizing that this is what they do for a living. It's not all that they are. Like they are allowed their own private life. And I think like a like fangirl is like, you know, I'm here for this community and I love that these, you know, they're speaking out about mental health and LGBTQ, you know, population. And like, this is why I'm behind them and why I support them. And like the community that they have created. Um, I think that that is really healthy, like finding that sense of connection and community. And I think that they have a really, or done a really amazing job of, nurturing that relationship between themselves and the army and that takes vulnerability and it takes like showing army like this is us you know on in the soup eating and playing silly games for a week you know like their whole life is videoed and analyzed and i think that when you sort of like tip into the analyzing and you start like using them almost as like emotional like bypass and like I'm not going to sort of experience my own life I'm going to immerse myself in this life that is like the tipping over to unhealthy for me um and I just like I think about that all the time like they are men who get to have their own life but like how how hard that would be to sort of find that balance of I'm sharing these experiences, I'm connecting with ARMY, but I also want this piece to just be me. Um, So that's just a side thought that I think about all the time. Um, And just that unhealthy, like, in not necessarily entitlement, but like not being able to separate like what should be theirs and what is not okay to sort of encroach on or step on in terms of like right to their life and information about their life. Like, you know, stories about um, fans um, trying to break into hotels or houses, like that's, that's unhealthy boundaries for me. So those are just my first yeah, thoughts I think that about that's it. That's really fair. I also, what gets me, I think is sometimes just seeing like them getting off planes and being mobbed because like, I don't care mm-hmm. if you're flying first class and get the fancy pajamas. Long haul flights are long haul flights, and like sometimes land at you the just airport, like, <laughs> go like you know, like Megan's like like the look on Megan's face, like you know, you just want to go home. Like I don't want people like taking pictures of you know what I mean. So yeah, sometimes I feel like yeah. that too. Of even like in that case where it's like you know, let alone just breaking into someone's house, like just let yeah. people like freaking 
travel. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny you say that because we went to the show, what, December 1st. And then they had this like the fourth one on December 2nd. And then like I was up in Omaha with my family on December 5th for my niece's birthday. And I just like checked Instagram and like my Instagram was feed was like 100%, you know, these three BTS members have landed safely in Korea and now they're corned. I'm like, that was 10 seconds ago. And this is everywhere i was like do they ever get a chance to breathe like on their own without somebody watching (laughs) right i i know i saw that thing where they came out and they're like they're gonna take a rest and i was like you're announcing it like just let them take a rest like oh yeah of course they're gonna take a rest like it's crazy they're gonna take just a few months i was like take like a year yeah it's okay yeah just that like immediacy like I don't like it's okay. They can go on vacation. They don't need to notify me. <laughs> like it'll be all right. Yeah, I think that's when cuz normally it's like all noise to me. Like I've heard that stuff happening in the past. Not so much with COVID obviously, yeah. but like you know, I'm aware of some of that chatter. But I think having yeah, just been at the show and then social media blew up for like a solid like few hours with the fact that they were like back in Korea. It was well yeah, like they're starting their vape, like whatever, like they're going home, like let them just go home, Christ. But their rest, totally agree. like I will also say, I have some, I mean, I'm not complaining and yet I also kind of like feel bad that like, I mean, look, they're choosing apparently to do this during their rest, but I'm not sure how much sometimes it's a choice or not, but there's still quite a lot, like if this is rest content, I don't know. That's why I give like some props to baby Mochi for not posting shit on Instagram. Like if he doesn't want to, like, look, if people want to and it's sparking joy, like you can tell that some of them like it and I get it. Like I understand like wanting to like put out content and having Mm -hmm. fun with it. And like, that's making you happy. If that's the case, then like, you know what you do any Mm -hmm. of those things that are making you happy. But if you feel like it all compelled to have to do it because like someone's telling you, you need to do it. Like at this point, like, I just want to be like, you're BTS. You don't have to do shit. <laughs> like, you know, if you want to, you do it. If you don't, you don't. <laughs> it is fun to see their personalities on their individual Instagrams. Like, you know, Suga and um, Jimin so aren't good. posting at all. <laughs> and then the rest of them, like, J-Hope has these, yeah, like, beautiful Polaroids and then pictures. And I'm like, I'm I'm here for and all of it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> And I'm like, of course you did. But also, like, I'm I'm not kidding. Like, the art, the art tour, really, I think, like, I don't know how. I mean, if you've got, like, 22 million, 3 million fans in, like, the first, cut, like, week of having Instagram, two weeks of having Instagram, a good percentage of that are going to now check out the art that you just, like, shared about. That might be, like, sparking more joy and creativity for other people. And, like, I have to give props to oh, that, yeah. too. And I also am going to give just selfish eye candy props to the fact that V is growing facial hair and enjoying sharing mm-hmm. that with us. And if that's sparking joy mm-hmm. for him, it is sparking joy for me because he's got a little mustache and a little chin hair, and it's fine. <laughs> so, Megan, I know that we've talked a lot about seeing bts and like how that meant a lot to us so you know and i also understand that like you don't identify at all as army and i don't think you're anti-bts but like it's just not your thing and that's fine 
However, you are very much like into ATs and you have decided to bite the bullet and see them live after like some hemming and hawing on if that was going to be like something that you should do. So I think I just want to like close it out by giving you a chance to talk about we just got to have this experience, our buckets filled, and we're just like really excited for you to get to have this for yourself. So just talking a little bit about what got you excited to go that ex- and like, you know, what you're hoping to get out of it. Yeah, so, um, and and like I said, I do, I, I love BTS. I just don't identify as ARMY. I don't think I deserve it, especially because I don't know as much about their music. I actually started, the first group I started, like, really heavy standing was NCT. Um, when I saw Lee Taeyong, that was, like, life-changing. Like, he is, he's the leader of NCT, which is, like, a 23-member group, so he's incredible. Um, and then I was watching NCT at the Mama Awards in 2019, and this group came on, and the set was, like, kind of dark, and I really liked the song, and at the very end, uh, they kind of had this closing shot on one member, and I was just immediately, like, immediately, I was like, who is this band? Who is that man? Like, I just, you know, I think everyone always talks about, like, the first member that really caught their eye. And for me, it was Hong Jun. And he is, they call him the captain, not the leader, because um, ATs kind of has like a little bit of a pirate concept. And um, he produces a lot of their songs and he's their, uh, he's one of the main rappers. But anyway, he was the first one that caught my attention. And that's when I was like, I need to learn more about this group. Um, and you mentioned like some of RM's like activism and Hong Jun is um, similar. So he like participates in the polished man campaign which means he always has um like one of one of his nails painted which um is to speak out against violence um against children and um, he's always he's also been like a really big lgbtq advocate and really accepting of all his fans and so i like i really love him and once i started listening to ATs, i realized how much i love their music um because i was talking to leah they have like essentially their own producer team like in-house so kind of if you love one of their songs you kind of love them all because they're very you know they're produced similarly and um i just i just love them i love their message a lot of their songs are just super inspiring to me and i watch like all their content it's crazy how much content they've put out and so I did not plan on attending the concert and it was kind of like, I was like, I don't know. Like I I almost felt like guilty, like taking the time to go. I don't know. It was, it was like a weird. And tickets aren't cheap. Let's just say tickets aren't um, cheap. Well, yeah. And this is the thing. So the thing about ATs, this, this concert that they're doing um, is that, so they they were supposed to have a world tour in 2020 so obviously it was canceled and so everyone that had tickets to those shows were obviously given like their tickets essentially just carried over which is great like i'm glad but that means the tickets were even more limited because those people already had tickets and i heard it was like a mess like everything sold out and so i didn't even try and i mean i was bummed like i was like okay well i'll just like look at the concert content but I was still a little bummed about it and then Leah went to BTS and was like this was like a life-changing experience like this was so worth it and I was like you know what I'm gonna do it and 
you know, I still kind of felt like I had to justify it, which is sort of sad. But so I decided I would take I would take my daughter. Um, she listens to K-pop with me. Um, she's a little bit younger than Bronte. She's um, she'll, she's eight. And um, I have a friend who lives in Philly. Um, so the concert's in New Jersey. And so I have a friend that lives in Philly who I just found out was an 18 e That's their um, fandom name, um, you know, like ARMY, where the 18 e And um, so she was like, yeah. I'll go if you get tickets. And I was like, okay, like they're like, I can buy resale tickets, but they are going to be a stupid amount. And I'm not telling you how much I spent on these tickets. I'm just not doing it. Um, but I managed to get tickets off a, off a seat geek. And the thing about this concert too, is it's an arena tour. So it's not a massive stadium. And part of me too was like, I want to go see them before they're like selling out massive stadiums. Um, when it's when you know you're going to be sitting farther away. So this was at this is at the Prudential Center in New Jersey. So no tickets, I would say, are like terrible because again, it's all um, it's a smaller smaller venue. But um, you know, I ordered the light stick and I got it in the mail the other day, and just like holding it, I never thought I would be that excited. Do you know what I mean? And it kind of feels good to just be unapologetically excited about something, something that makes me feel good. Does that make sense? Like. You know, it's something that I consider to be a positive influence. Um, it, it puts me in a good mood. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think there's I don't think I should have to. I don't think there's anything wrong with just being super excited about it. And so I am. So that's how I came about it. You know, I want to thank Leah for uh, encouraging like, me because she was definitely dying, like, look, I think, I think you should do it. You're going to look back and be yeah. like, I wish I had gotten those <laughs> stupid tickets. So just get them. <laughs> yeah she's yeah she's like you're not going to regret going like you are going to have a good time and I do and I I know my daughter will have a good time um and it's not very far I can take a train so that's another great thing I'll have to fly and so thank you to ATs for coming to New Jersey (laughs) here's the promise I make for you (laughs) you know (laughs) that after this happens we will record again and let you get a chance Mm -hmm. to just like share the magic and like the high no no for real because it was fun tonight to like oh it's okay Allison again especially and like like Bronte said like in our real lives we don't we don't have anyone else to talk to about loving BTS except each other in our real life we got V life yeah Bronte has V life I don't even like do that I just kind of like sit in my feels or whatever and talk on Instagram with Allison (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I do the same thing. Or I uh I just kind of like post on or I sometimes I like, comment on like videos, but mm-hmm. then I like I feel <laughs> sometimes I'm like I don't like who's reading my YouTube comments. But uh, <laughs> but no, I totally get it and so yeah. yeah we can, but I well, I loved listening to like it makes me happy to hear like I loved listening to you guys talk about the BTS concert because it makes me happy that you did something that makes you happy. Like isn't that what we all want for each other like especially the last like two Maybe years like if there's something that brings you joy like so just Bronte do has it. been aware that um you do k-pop wreck of the week and you have never chosen bts yeah. for a k-pop wreck of the week <laughs> um so yeah. I'm, I'm gonna recommend yeah. bts I, I know but and um, i want good good uh, i want her to, to do one is probably life goes on by bts because it's like it is about life during COVID, and it's just such a heartfelt song. It's really, it's a good listen. It's a chill song. And now, forevermore, BTS will finally be on the Afternoona music recommendation list at long last. Thank you, Bronte. 
I know. I am so sorry to all the army that I haven't recommended one yet. I know that I should have, but I'm really glad that the first one is put on by Bronte. It's only yes. fair and, and right honestly, that a proper army really recommended it. To have Allison here and to have Bronte here and just have it be, yeah, some time to just see, like, you know, doesn't matter your age. It, it unites us all together, and that's just really special. I agree. Yeah, thank you so, so much, Megan, Allison, for coming. Thank you, Bronte. It was so much a fun. Goodbye with us. <laughs> yeah, so you know what we say uh, at the end. So, until next time, <laughs> Anyang. Kamsamnida. Thank you for listening to Afternoon Delight. Make sure to subscribe for more great K Romance conversation. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Afternoon Delight Podcast for more information on our podcast, behind the scenes photos, and of course, pics of our favorite opas and unis. Annyeong!